Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans speaking today as unctionized by the Holy Spirit. I pray that all is well with each person who is going to receive this message. Today being September 16th, 2020, the time is 9.28 a.m. We just bless the Lord at all times. Let his praise continually be in our mouth. And I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding is guarding your heart and mind because we certainly need it. We need it. We need the Lord to give us that peace. And so I've got the songs that he's given me and I've got the word that he has spoken to me today. And so I walked out here and I heard that he's not too busy to hear your cry. I think yesterday in the message, he talked about how doctors are committed and if the patient is sick and most of them will try to get to the patient, doesn't matter what hour of the night, or try to speak to them on the phone. <clears throat> and I was saying how there's some of us who are Christians we have no compassion. We cannot find time for one another. And so I see what is happening to me is I'm speaking these words. And before the end of the day, I'm realizing that it is happening. And so, but he says, reach out and touch the Lord as he passed by. You will find he's not too busy to hear your cry. He is passing by each moment. Your need he will supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he pass by. Reach out and touch the Lord as he pass by. You will find he's not too busy to hear your cry. He is past. Sing by each moment, your need he will supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he pass by. His name is Jesus. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna. Sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King. For he's the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, he is the King. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There is something about that name. He is Master. He is Savior, He is Jesus, 
like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there is something about that name. There is something about that name. And so he is King of Kings, he is Lord of Lords. So today, and I believe for a few days, we're going to be studying about the King of Kings. We're going to go into the book of Matthew as instructed by the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to go to Matthew to see how the king was presented. We're going in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, perhaps today to verse 17. We're going to talk about the presentation of the king. We're going to talk about the birth and preparation of Jesus, the king, who's the king of kings, who's the Lord of lords. And Matthew, who now is writing this book to prove that Jesus is the Messiah, the eternal king. And Matthew was a Jewish tax collector who became one of Jesus' disciples. This gospel forms the connection between the Old and New Testament, the link, because of its emphasis on the fulfillment of prophecy. And the key verses in this book, Matthew Gospel, is do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. The key people in this book is Jesus, Mary, Joseph, John the Baptist, the disciples, the religious leaders, Caiaphas, Pilate, Mary Magdalene. The key places in this book is Bethlehem, Jerusalem, Capernaum, Galilee, and Judea. And the, he's featuring Matthew. He's, Matthew is filled with the Messianic language, like he refers to him as son of David. So, Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Savior. Now, how did I get this morning on Matthew? 
Well, I must tell you what happened. Uh, early yesterday morning, in my sleep, I was dreaming. And I saw the word Matthew in large letters rest straight across my breast, straight across my chest, Matthew. And in my dream, I would close my eyes, but when I opened it, all I saw was the large letters across my chest, Matthew. I must have seen it six or seven times, Matthew. And finally, I caught up on the dream, and I, I, I said, Father, why are you showing me that? And then he said to me, Matthew is a gift, means a gift of God. And God sent his precious gift, Jesus, to us. When he sent the precious gift, to us, there was a purpose. <laughs> he was born to redeem us back to the Father. But he had to be crucified. So here is this gift Matthew is talking about. So this morning, the Holy Spirit said that you are going to, we are going to study the life of Jesus as Matthew wrote. And so here we go. As the motorcade slowly winds through the city, could you imagine the motorcade with the king? Thousands pack the sidewalks hoping to catch a glimpse. Marching bonds, you know, some churches have the marching band because here it is, the king. Marching bands and protective agents. You've got to get agents around so nobody can kill the king. And protective agents, they have to scan the crowd running alongside the limousine. That time, all the people line off on the sidewalk. Pump, ceremony, protocol. Modern symbols of position. People in high places of importance, which they think herald the arrival of a head of state. Whether they are leaders by birth or election, we honor and respect them. The Jews waited for a leader who had been promised centuries before by inspired prophets. They believed that this leader, the Messiah, who is the anointed one, would rescue them for their, from their Roman oppressors and establish a new kingdom. As their king, he would rule the world with justice. However, many Jews overlooked prophecies that also spoke of this king as a suffering servant who would be rejected and killed. It is no wonder then that few recognized Jesus as the Messiah. How could this humble carpenter's son from Nazareth be their king? How? You know, sometimes we have prime ministers and when we look from where they come from, we'd be like, 
How, how come he's the prime minister? I don't understand. But Jesus was and is the king of all the earth. Matthew was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. Once, Matthew was a despised tax collector, but his life was changed by this man from Galilee. Matthew wrote this gospel to his fellow Jews to prove that Jesus is the Messiah and explain God's kingdom. Matthew begins his account by giving Jesus' genealogy. He then tells of Jesus' birth and early years, including the family's escape to Egypt from the murderous Herod and their return to Nazareth. Following Jesus' baptism by John and his defeat of Satan in the desert, Jesus begins his public ministry by calling his first disciples and giving the Sermon on the Mount, which we will find later on in chapters 5 to chapter 7. Matthew chose, shows Christ's authority by reporting his miracles of healing the sick and the demon-possessed and even raising the dead. Now you could imagine someone you know came from a low place like Nazareth or someone you know came from a low place, let's say like Bain and raised up and anointed like this. There's a lot of people going to say, uh-uh, we don't believe that. Him? Huh? No way. But Matthew shows Christ's authority by reporting his miracles of healing the sick and the demon possessed and even raising the dead. Could you imagine? Well, let me tell you some things about to happen in this world and we are going to see the dead raised and real, real sickness healed. Despite opposition from the Pharisees because God is alive, Despite opposition from the Pharisees and others in the religious establishment, the opposition would be in chapters 12 to 15, which we are going to reach there. Jesus continued to teach concerning the kingdom of heaven. That's chapter 16 to 20. We will reach there. During this time, Jesus spoke with his disciples about his imminent death and resurrection and revealed his true identity to Peter, James, and John. So the rest of them didn't know who he was, but he revealed, he identified himself to Peter, James, and John. Near the end of Jesus' ministry, Jesus entered Jerusalem in a triumphant procession. But soon opposition mounted. And Jesus knew that his death was near. So he taught his disciples about the future, what they could expect before his return, and how to live until then. In Matthew's final chapters, chapter 26 to 28, we will reach there. 
He focuses on Jesus' final days on earth. For example, the Last Supper, his prayer in Gethsemane, the betrayal by Judas, the flight of the disciples, Peter's denial, the trials before Caiaphas and Pilate, Jesus' final words on the cross, and his burial in a borrowed tomb. But the story does not end there. For the Messiah rose from the dead, conquering death, and then telling his followers to continue his work by making disciples in all nations. And so, listen to what Matthew is saying in these messages, that Jesus is the Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and let us celebrate his victory over evil and death, and let us make Jesus the Lord of our life. And that's Matthew, and that's telling you plain. What is happening now is that a lot of things in the book of Matthew is showing you his life, but he also telling you what is going to happen in the future. And really, some of it is happening right now. Wars, rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. So all these earthquakes and all of this is happening, fires in California, and all rain and pestilences and it's right in the book of Matthew. And so, I will read the scripture to you. And this is the scripture where we have all these names. So Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 to 17. I'll read it out in the next version. We need to know the truth. And so we wouldn't get so frustrated as to why these things are happening. So, he said it would. Matthew chapter 1, 1 to 17, it says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Phares and Zara of Tamar. And Phares begat Ezram, and Ezram begat Aram, and Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nason, and Nason begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz of Rehab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias, and Solomon begat Roboam. And Roboam begat Abiah, and Abiah begat Asa, and Asa begat Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat begat Joram, and Joram begat Ozias, <coughs> and Ozias begat Jotham, and Jotham begat 
Ahaz, and Ahaz begat Ezekias, and Ezekias begat Manasseh, and Manasseh begat Amon, and Amon begat Josiah, and Josiah begat Jeconiah and his brethren, about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begat Zelophiel, and Zelophiel begat Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat Abiad, and Abiad begat Eliakim, and Eliakim begat Azor, and Azor begat Zadok, and Zadok begat Achim, and Achim begat Eliad, and Eliad begat Eleazar, and Eleazar begat Marthan, and Marthan begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. And that's chapter 1, verse 1 to 17 I read in your hearing. <clears throat> Matthew opens his gospel with a genealogy to prove that Jesus is the descendant of both King David and Abraham. Just as the Old Testament had predicted Jesus' birth didn't go unnoticed, for both shepherds and magi, or magi came to worship him. The Jewish people were waiting for the Messiah to appear. Finally, he was born. But the Jews didn't recognize him because they were looking for a different king. They were looking for a different kind of king. Jesus Christ, the king. Jesus is revealed as the king of kings. His miraculous birth, his life and teaching. His miracles and his triumph over death show his true identity. Jesus cannot be equated with any person or power. He is the supreme ruler of time and eternity, heaven and earth, humans and angels. We should give him his rightful place as king of our lives. He is the Messiah. Jesus was the Messiah, the one for whom the Jews had waited to deliver them from Roman oppression. Yet, tragically, they didn't recognize him when he came because his kingship was not what they expected. The true purpose of God's anointed deliverer was to die for all people to free them from sin's oppression. Because Jesus was sent by God, we can trust him with our lives. It is worth everything we have to acknowledge him and give ourselves to him because he came to be our Messiah, our Savior. Jesus came to earth to begin his kingdom. 
His full kingdom will be realized at his return and will be made up of anyone who has faithfully followed him. Let me say that again. Jesus came to earth to begin his kingdom. His full kingdom will be realized at his return and will be made up of anyone who has faithfully followed him. They will be in the kingdom. The way to enter God's kingdom is by faith. Believing in Christ to save us from sin and change our lives. Only by faith can you enter. Only by faith can you stand. Not by your human endeavors, but by the blood of the Lamb. We must do the work of his kingdom now. To be prepared for his return. Jesus taught the people through sermons, through illustrations and parables. Through his teachings, he showed the true ingredients of faith and how to guard against a fruitless and hypocritical life. Jesus' teachings show us how to prepare for life in his eternal kingdom by living properly right now. He lived what he taught, and we too must practice what we preach. Can I say that again? Jesus' teaching shows us how to prepare for life in his eternal kingdom by living properly right now. He lived what he taught, and we too must practice what we preach. We can't say one thing and live a lie. When Jesus rose from the dead, he rose in power as the true king. I said something to someone yesterday. I said, you know, we, we open our mouth and we say things and we don't realize it's not truth. I say, take for instance, we could say, oh, I'll see you later. Or I'll call you later. You never call. Because it was just a saying. It wasn't truth. But we didn't realize it was a lie. It's just a colloquial talk. But when Jesus says something, it's truth. When Jesus rose from the dead, he rose in power as a true king. In his victory over death, he established his credentials as king and his power and authority over evil. The resurrection shows Jesus all-powerful life for us. Not even death could stop his plan of offering eternal life. Death could not hold him down. Those who believe in Jesus can hope for a resurrection like this. Those who believe in Jesus can hope for a resurrection like his. Our role is to tell his story to all the earth so that everyone may share in his victory. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. Presenting this genealogy was one of the most interesting ways that Matthew could begin a book 
for a Jewish audience because a person's family line proved his or her standing as one of God's chosen people. Matthew began by showing that Jesus was a descendant of Abraham, the father of all Jews, and a direct descendant of David, fulfilling Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah's line. The facts of this ancestry were carefully preserved. This is the first of many proofs recorded by Matthew to show that Jesus is the true Messiah. And a song just pop up. Reach out and touch the Lord as he pass by. You will find is not too busy to hear your cry. He is passing by this moment. Your need he will supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he pass by. He is the true Messiah. More than 400 years had passed since the last Old Testament prophecies and faithful Jews all over the world were still waiting for the Messiah. Matthew wrote this book to Jews to present Jesus as King and Messiah, the promised descendant of David. Let's look in Luke chapter 3 verse 15. Luke chapter 3 verse 15 says and as the people were in expectation and all men mused in their hearts of John whether he were the Christ or not no John was not the Christ Matthew wrote this book to Jews to present Jesus as King and Messiah the promised descendant of David who would reign forever. The Gospel of Matthew links the Old and New Testament and contains many references that show how Jesus fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 11, 1 to 5. That's the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 11. You could imagine people talking about the king is coming and you waiting and you can't see any king and people would then turn around and say oh we had a long time but it's never gonna happen yeah well it's going to happen it did happen Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 to 5 it says and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots that's a prophetic word and that prophetic word was from God. That's why it came to pass. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. Neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth 
and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked that was a prophetic word that came to pass if the prophetic word is from god it will come to pass the gospel of matthew links the old and new testaments and contains many references that show jesus fulfilled old testament prophecy jesus entered human history when the land of palestine was controlled by rome and considered an insignificant outpost of the vast and mighty roman empire the presence of roman soldiers in israel gave the jews military peace but at the price of oppression slavery injustice and immorality into this kind of world came the promised messiah isn't that amazing jesus knows all about our struggles he came into this world but at the price of oppression slavery injustice and immorality into this kind of world came the promised messiah verse 1 to verse 17 some of the people were ancestors of jesus but they varied considerably in personality spiritually and experience some were heroes of faith like abraham isaac ruth and david some had shady reputations like rahab and tamar many were very ordinary like hezron ram nishan and akim and others were evil like manasseh and abijah God's work in history is not limited by human failures or sins. And he works through ordinary people. I think yesterday I mentioned about how, you know, people could be imprisoned. And next thing you know, they find Jesus, they surrender their life to the Lord in prison. And Jesus delivers them out of prison. And next thing you know, they're standing up preaching the word of God. And next thing you know, souls are delivered, healed, and set free. Because he can use ordinary people once you are submitted, once you surrender. Just as God used all kinds of people to bring his son into the world, he uses all kinds today to accomplish his will. And God wants to use you, and God wants to use me, if we will yield ourselves and surrender to him. Matthew chapter 1 verse 11, he, the exile occurred in 
586 BC, when Nebuchadnezzar, we read about Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, conquered Judah, destroyed Jerusalem, and took thousands of captives to Babylon. And we read earlier in verse 16, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Because Mary was a virgin when she became pregnant. Well, you know, if that happened now, we'd say, now nah, you've gone crazy. If you're pregnant, you have to be pregnant for, from a natural man. You can't come down with no spirit. <laughs> no. But this was different. Because Mary was a virgin when she became pregnant. Machu lists Joseph only as the husband of Mary, not the father of Jesus. I repeat that. Matthew lists Joseph only as the husband of Mary, not the father of Jesus. And Joseph is not the father of Jesus because he did not have a relationship or a sexual encounter with Mary. Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Matthew's genealogy gives Jesus's legal or royal lineage through Joseph. Mary's ancestral line is recorded in Luke chapter 3, verse 23 to 38. Both Mary and Joseph were direct descendants of David. Matthew traced the genealogy back to Abraham, while Luke traced it back to Adam. Matthew wrote to the Jews, so Jesus was shown as a descendant of their father, Abraham, like words to the Gentiles. So he emphasized Jesus as the savior of all people. I want to say that again. Matthew traced the genealogy back to Abraham, while Luke traced it back to Adam. Matthew wrote to the Jews, so Jesus was shown as a descendant of their father, Abraham. The Jews' father was Abraham. Luke wrote to the Gentiles, so he emphasized Jesus as the savior of all people, of all people. Matthew chapter 1 verse 17, it says, Thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Christ. Matthew breaks Israel's history into three sets of 14 generations. 
but there were probably more generations than those listed here. Genealogies often compressed history, meaning that not every generation of ancestors was specifically listed. Thus the phrase, the father of, can also be translated, the ancestor of. And so, we're not going any further than that today. Matthew is giving us a clear picture as he writes about Jesus. He's giving us a very clear picture about the advent of the king. He's presenting the king. It's like when you go to church, a minister has to speak. But there are times, or you go to a conference, and someone gets up to present the speaker. So Matthew here is presenting the king to us. So we tomorrow, we'll pick up on verse 18, where the angel is going to appear to Joseph. Because how could this woman that you are supposed to be engaged to get pregnant? So in his mind, and everybody who's talking to him say, you are a fool to think that what she's saying is truth. So of course, we know that he was tormented, worried, can't sleep. Love Mary, but hey, how could you switch on me like this? Don't come with this to me, because this is not truth. And so sometimes God have to put us in a deep, 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 deep sleep and shout out, shout out all noise and all voices. Like when the prophet told the woman, Go and borrow a few bottles, but shut the door. What the prophet was saying, shut out all voices who's going to say this don't make no sense. So for that to happen, for Joseph to get the real truth that this was God speaking, God gave him a shot. <laughs> like when you go to the hospital, you're going on an operation, they're going to give you, going to put you under, under that shot, anesthesia, you are going to knock out and sleep, you know nothing, but the only voice you're going to hear was the angel speaking to him saying, fear not to take unto you. So sometimes God is speaking to us over and over. He's trying to show us something. He's trying to reveal truth. But when we don't hear, because there's too many, too many noise, too many noise. So what he does, he knocks us out in a deep sleep and he gives us instructions. 
and he makes it so plain when we come out of sleep nobody can tell us nothing because now we know the truth and so that's what he does he has to put us in a deep sleep and it tells us in job chapter 33 um let's say this job chapter 33 verse 14 for god speaketh once yea twice yet man perceiveth it not in a dream in a vision of the night when deep sleep falleth upon men in slumberings upon the bed then he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instruction that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from him he keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword thank god that he put joseph to sleep and spoke to joseph because joseph had to be a part of the plan mary wasn't going out there with this baby hanging and people are accusing her and so there are times when god have to put us in a deep sleep and 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 a lot of time it's good that we go in that deep sleep so he could speak to us and so father today you're reaching out you're touching us you are the king of kings you are the lord of lords teach us more about you teach us more about your love teach us more about what is about to happen in the future and even what is really happening now that we live to see it we give you praise we ask you to give us grace and mercy will overshadow us and keep us safe in the name of jesus i love you god bless you reach out and touch the lord as he passed by you will find he's not too busy to hear your cry he is passing by this moment your need he will supply reach out and touch the lord as he passed by so the old people used to say if god spare my life they used to say if god's willing tomorrow we will continue with this message and tomorrow we'll touch on how the angel appears to joseph to reveal to him the truth and I pray that the angel of the Lord will appear to you and you to reveal truth to you. Because when the enemy comes up and say, you're going to suffer. When the enemy comes up and say that you need to walk away from, from, from the Lord. The spirit of the Lord would say, no, stay right on this narrow road stay on this narrow way no matter what 
happen wind blow wind blow stay on this narrow way lo i am with you always hold my hand don't move away hold my hand let me stand guide me lead me he is with you don't give up on jesus yes it is hard times now but if you keep your mind focused on jesus and the word of god he promised to keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him so i pray that same peace of god that passes all understanding will continue to guard your heart and mind i love you god bless you have a blessed day and we rang the bell <laughs>